Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Hi, this is Saumitri. You might notice that in this episode, the audio quality, specifically my audio quality, is noticeably worse. This is because I recorded this episode while on the beach, also on the day of the World Cup final happening in the background. So sometimes you might hear the ocean and sometimes you might hear people yelling as France and Argentina succeed and or fail to play football correctly. Okay, come back to Desperate Tune. Last session, the characters a bit from where... He had been left with the end of their score, uh, which was to disrupt the connection between Hive and Begumbushundara and the Ashcrofts. We saw inimitable Morrisim be slowly cajoled into uh, joining the Eurosport team and potentially become one of its main players. And I think now where we find ourselves is in this position one of the chickens chickens come home to roost rose one of the birds of death come home to roost which is that i think we open on the scene as zajidan is peeling an exotic fruit probably something you could only get in akaros something you could only Emma, what is something you could only get in akaros Probably some sort of mushroom, right? Wait, no, that's a, not a fruit. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Very fair. Yeah. It's like, for some reason, he is peeling a mushroom. And it seems to be, like, I think we see him uh, out on the veranda of the, the Ceaseless Temple. He's kind of, you know, he's got a bowl in front of him with, like, the mushroom peels. And then he's got, as he peels one, you know, he kind of sniffs it. And then maybe, like, if he likes, he put he like sprinkle some like salt or masala on it and then he'll eat it and then you know he's just like hanging up and we see a pair of urchins run up into the veranda and upon seeing Zachidan immediately 
one of them shushes the other and says, um, Royal Majesty Freya, she's coming here to see... And then, like, like, I think they clearly forget what the name is, and the other one is like, see, uh, the, 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 the royal friends. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. And the first one's like, yeah, 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 the royal friends. Freya's coming to see her royal friends. And they're expecting to be, like, you know, congratulated. And then Zajizan's like, I have no idea. I'm not in charge anymore. So I think he's going to just yell out into the temple. Or, you know, anyone who's there. So he's going to yell all of your names. He'll, he will yell, Miraz, and then Vickers, Abbas, Joan, is anyone here? I think Miraz pokes his head out uh, of a window. He's got shaving cream all over his face. Like, half, half his face is shaven clean. Uh, he does this every day, even though I don't think he actually grows any facial hair, really. Um, and he just looks out. Yes, father, what's up? Oh, man, it's Zajidan. Sorry, I take back my weird accent. Says, um, so, royal person is coming to see royal friends. I think they must mean Isha and Maud, but I'm not sure... Is that, is, I mean, are we expecting royal guests? Oh, yes, yes, finally. It's been, it's been weeks. All right, excellent. Uh, and then I think he's going to poke his head back and he's just going to kind of like towel the rest of his face off and he's like, oh my God, I'm going to look so disheveled. There's literally no difference between the shaven side of his face and the unshaven side of his face. <laughs> and then he uh, turns, and then he finds Vickers. What's Vickers up to? Is she in the room? If you are shaving, that means it must be morning, right? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, that means Vickers is asleep. Mm-hmm. She, she's not a morning person. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Miras kind of like leans over you and then kind of just uh, sh- tries to shake, sh- shake you awake. How, how difficult is this on a, on a regular basis? It is very difficult to wake Vickers when she is asleep, uh, uh-huh. I think. But she, you know, it's not impossible. So she will come to her senses, blinking against mm-hmm. the light. Mm-hmm. Mumbling something about monkeys. Skirmish fortune to uh-huh. wake you up. <laughs> yeah. But the the uh, the the, ro- the royal Scovlander royal person whatever thingy the the Freya Freya that's her name Freya Freya is here. Freya is coming and she's going to uh, hang out with um what were their names Maud and Maud and Bartholomew or whatever. Anyway, the the two Scovlanders we have. Name name is Johannes. Uh, but for some no. reason, Zajidan uses uh, one of their other names. They're uh-huh. royal, and they all have several first names. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't think it. I don't think it really matters what their actual names are. Miras won't remember. So this yes. is yes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see Vickers blink for a few moments and like be very groggy as he says this, and then it sinks in, and she says, "A, a royal visit." Oh goodness! And then she will like go s- probably straight from zero to one hundred, like flies out of bed and starts doing everything at the same time, brushing her hair with one hand while getting dressed with the other, while like kicking over a can of water with her foot and so on. Just suddenly, she is in go mode. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 excellent, good. I'm going to go and find uh, Joan. Uh, you should go and find... And then he remembers that Abbas isn't here. He's probably off doing... He said something the other day about how he's going to spend the night researching in the local mm-hmm. library or something. And so, well, 
it's a good thing Uncle Abbas isn't here. He's he won't be here to fuck the whole thing up. I uh, we, uh, we can do that all, really well all on our own. No need his help. Yep. And I want to point out that Vickers may have activated from this, but it's still morning and she is still very like confused. So she's probably going to look even more eccentric than usual once she is. Are you one of those people who get fully dressed to go out and then kind of lies down to catch her breath and just falls asleep again? Uh, yes, I think she ordinarily is exactly that kind of person. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. excellent. Uh, uh, I think we can both go find Joan. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best. Yeah. Okay. Where's Joan? Where Where does one find her? Has she already gone to meet the Scotland Royals and doesn't actually need to be told what's going on? I think she's probably. Uh... She's probably in her room, uh, jumping from wall to wall as morning exercise. Wow, it's incredible. Um, mm -hmm. you, are you are you capable of is it like one leg on one wall, another leg on another wall, that kind of thing, or is it more like um, is it is it is it dynamic? It's like when you have when you when you have someone practicing for parkour or something. Where they, ah, they see, jump okay, against okay. one wall and then push off to the other one. Also, like if it's okay. one leg on one wall and the other leg on the other wall, either Joan has incredibly long legs or she <laughs> lives in a monastic cell. Oh. She does live in a mon monastic cell, but uh, ah. she does live in one of the smaller rooms. Uh, all right. So I guess um, we open the door and then we immediately see you bouncing from one into the other and I think Mira's closed the door again, turns to and uh, close the door door again, turns to Vickers and says, I think we're interrupting a private moment. What what is it? Oh that just looks like practice to me. Good morning. Yes, uh, hi. The Queen is coming over. <laughs> Which one? Uh, oh uh, Freya, I think. Vickers right. is looking slightly confused that Mira's like that's right, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I I believe that's the uh, that's the pretender's name. I mean, we can talk like this once she actually shows up. But we all know this is all nonsense. There's there's no queen of. Scotland. Wait, wait. Now. Yes, now apparently. <laughs> she stares at the sweat stains on her tunic. I mean, it's yep. probably going to be like they've given you some notice, right? Because that's how this works. So yeah, but half an hour. The notice is usually very unreliable. We have learned this That's about Russia. However, Vickers is prepared. She says, like, don't worry, Cousin Joan, I brought you a change of clothes, she says, because she thought about this, but it is going to be a very random change of clothes because, again, Vickers is not, not good at thinking these things through and also has an eccentric dress sense to begin with. Mm -hmm. So she, she says, like, oh, you are a light. And then yes. realizes what, what, what has actually been brought to her. Yes. Um, it is probably yeah. something that Vickers has just pulled at random from her own wardrobe, which means mm -hmm. that it is 50% roof ball uniform and 50% priestess garb. Wonderful. I don't worry too much about, like, uh, you know, sprucing yourself up too much. Listen, look, look, I'm half shaved, right? Absolutely uh, obscene. <laughs> you are? Like, yes, yeah, yes, yes, of course I am. Can't you see? And then, you... listen. <laughs> That's not a real royal person. It's just some some strange person from the refugee ghetto, all, all probably hopped up on drugs or something. Either way, um, it, someone that the Scotlanders seem to take seriously. So 
I suppose we have to put our best foot forward to an extent, but you know, we don't have to break out the nice cologne for her or anything like that. So, uh, mm -hmm. and then he's going to go away. Yeah, as you're talking, I think Vickers hurries forward to dress Joan up in a bomber jacket and a freely skirt. This is apparently the combination. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. I Let's think see. in the middle of all this, it is in fact Zajitan who has gone to uh, fetch the royals. Um, because, I mean, they've been getting along, you know, they to the match together and like they've been in the temple for the last like few weeks even been like a few months right like since we they first arrived a couple of months so i think probably like i think we just see see him kind of like just put some words to them along the lines of um you know i think i think i think you're meant to be meeting someone just get ready or whatever and uh i don't think either of them are taking this super seriously because they've allowed themselves to Pretend that like this is gonna be this is fine like this is not going to change. Um. So yeah, I think they will turn up. They've kind of adapted to the local, you know, like way of dressing. So I think both in kind of like a like a long kurta and a pajama and like they're just uh they do not dress like they used to back home. Um, because I think it's much warmer here. They used to. So where are they now? Yeah, they're just gonna like take their way through the temple. You know, they were in the little guest room. I think they were already ready. It's not like they weren't really doing anything. Um, and there. So I think you know what they what they will do is they will head to the to the place where the, where where all of you normally meet for meals, which is like this dining room that has a little like balcony outside. Right? And that's kind mm -hmm. of where um, we have seen. Because previously, you know, get rid of monkeys and what? Yeah. Okay. Then I think uh, Miraz runs into them, and Miraz has under his jacket, under his like shirt, he's got um, the bomb suit that he's got, the protector suit, and he's also got his satchel on the other, and he's just like rushing forward. And then he kind of like uh, says, "Oh, hello, father. Uh, hello, uh, Maud. Hello, uh, Bartholomew. Let's uh, keep going with the." Uh, Royal Hiram's friend is here, and uh, you know, I don't know. There might be some trouble. I, I, yes. Um. All right. And then he kind of just rushes forward. And I think Zajidan says, "Trouble? Uh, oh, okay. Um. Well, I trust you can deal with it. Good luck." And I think like he makes eye contact with the person you call Bartholomew and says, "Alicia, I trust you will be." Completely in possession of your wits and your talent, and then like looks at Maud and says, um, "Try not to let everyone else, especially my son, speak for you. You you have a good voice in there. You should use it." And then like walks away as if he hasn't just like undermined your entire authority. As there's words of trouble, we see Vickers in the background trailing after Miraska, like, "Oh yes, trouble!" And then she will double back into her bedroom and come out with her pistols, which she had forgotten to dress up with. Incredible. You know, these people were potentially hunted by dangerous people, so gotta have my pistols. Excellent. Right, so I... our plan for today. Mm -hmm. And at that point she like kind of peters out as if she doesn't she's not really sure what we're actually trying to do again at this moment. Yes. Um I think as you say this, uh 
Johannes will say, look, I know you want us to leave, and I know that we're very unsafe for you and your temple, but Maud likes it here, and Maud likes... It's very safe, and, you know, I've been learning how to take up a trade, and I think what he has... What they have not told you is that... Uh, I rolled on a random table for this, and the answer that came up was sailor. So apparently, Johannes has been learning how to be a sailor in the landlocked city of Uduwasha. Whatever that means. Mm. I guess she and... rides the river and the canal and the underground river. No, no, Abbas has a book on it. That is clearly why. I've been practicing their knots. Maybe it's sailing, it's hang gliding. Oh... Oh man, you know what? I bet that's what it is. Uh, yeah, so maybe it's that like they've been, they've met uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Abdullah, who is a hang glider as well, and they've been hanging out. Yeah, I bet so that's what it is. Oh, so, I think like uh, Johannes is like you know. So we've been improving ourselves, and I don't know why you want to introduce more chaos. And as you're having this conversation. I think we see uh, Padma Mukhi lead in uh, your visitors. And there's three of them. First one is someone we've seen before. Of course, it's Marion. Um, she is... I think she's got like a fairly like severe bandage wrapped around uh, her head on account of the brutal head injury she took not so long ago, um, which is still to like fully heal. Um... She's, she looks very, like, uh, unhappy about being back here. Um, the second is Freya herself. What, what does she look like? She is very young. Um, probably, probably, like, on the late side of teens, of, the, of her teens. Very skinny, very clearly underfed. And probably her parents were also underfed, so it's kind of like very pe yeah. peasant surf kind of vibes, but with a refugee crisis on top. She has, however, startlingly yellow hair, and oh. her very sunken um, gray eyes kind of look at you in a way oh. as though like she stares into your soul, and she gets it. Right. And it's not your fault. I think the third person who enters is... I've been thinking about this, and I think this is the right time because you've also teared up. Um, so I think the third person who enters is a lawyer. And his name is... Yes, his name is Hardil. He is very calm, you know, he's dressed very properly and I think in the Akarosi style, which is, you know, like a suit and a tie, it's incredibly well made. You know, he's got these um, glasses on with like thin gold rims, kind of like look about him that suggests that maybe in stark co contrast to Freya, he has had three meals a day at least for the last 30 years. No problem. Like a very like, never, never have been ha having been in like risk of starvation kind of thing. And he's carrying a briefcase, which is very distinctive. 
because what do you notice about this briefcase like what, what like why do you look at it and go oh that's interesting so the briefcase is notable because it is made out of snake skin with Ooh. an incredibly elaborate pattern on it in green and yellow of some kind of family crest or insignia that is made in this style and it looks like a very valuable briefcase probably more valuable than its actual contents yes absolutely and i think the insignia is like a maker's mark it's like the signature of the master leather worker who made it and i think it is uh, a pair of crossed torches uh, i will also point out that given that it is snakeskin it is entirely possible that there are secret messages in there that only joan can read and that perhaps yes. not even the briefcase's owner is aware of absolutely yeah um and in fact own as you look at it these two torches that are embossed almost seem to actually be burning the uh, snakeskin the leather seeming like it's almost still real oh shit it doesn't say anything um and i i should note that we as players know that this is lawyer of a very important npc whom we haven't seen on screen yet um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to save that surprise for when that NPC arrives. But Hardil is someone that is not really to be trifled with. Uh, but he's going to keep his mouth shut. He's just standing behind Marion and Freya. And Freya looks at Maud with this infinite care and understanding. And she says, Oh, cousin, what have they done to you? As if to be like, oh my god, I can't believe I've been through all of this. And like she just kind of like opens her arms as if to be like, you know, let me take you into my embrace. And that is absolutely what will happen unless someone does something about it. I think like there is an immediate connection here. Whether this is because Freya is actually royal or because she's you know, touched by something divine is not clear. Is Maud like, what the fuck are you? No, she is in fact not, and I think that is surprising to everyone. So they both have this very positive reaction. Yes, they do all, like, so both the royals, Johannes and Maud, have this positive reaction to Freya, and I think that the kind of thing that it's not obvious why it's happening. It's not that they are actually long-lost cousins necessarily. It's rather that, like, there is something going on here might not be able to like grasp immediately but we know that freya has been touched by a forgotten god also in addition to whatever else she is yeah i think i think miraz is a little bit surprised because i don't know if it's super common knowledge exactly who freya is and all all the stuff that we have uh -huh. in the player notes and so on uh -huh. but we all know that there's no way there's an actual skullblender royal in the skullblender refugee ghetto Yes. Um, this is just someone who claims to be, and we understand on that level. Um, yes. But this instant acceptance and this kind of like faraway look in her eyes, this like, because even Miras feels it, right? Like all yes. the self doubt and so on that he feels about his positionality, like, will my father survive? All of that. Um, he feels yeah. comforted, and this is weird. He doesn't like, he doesn't get it, he doesn't like it. So I think he is. If it were anyone else, um, they'd probably try to study this person. Uh -huh. But I think what's happening with, with Freya, it's beyond just study. Um, it's going to be an attune. Try to figure out her. Okay. Out. Oh, man. 
I think this is a role. I think you are in mm-hmm. a desperate position because you are trying to attune mm-hmm. to something you do not understand. And mm-hmm. there are many things that could like potentially go wrong or even worse, go right, but not in the way that you would like. But what do you want to... You want to find something out about her or about what is happening between her and the royals? What is your goal? My goal is to understand what exactly she is. Because... Hey, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel the kingship. I feel that this is this person is sovereign. I feel understood. And all these things are foreign. All these things are clearly somehow magically manifest. There's some sort of like hip I, I suspect some sort of hypnotism happening here. Mm, to all of us. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Oh good. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I think you can understand it. Uh desperate standard. And I think, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I assist you? Please. I I think for a moment, uh, Joan like locks eyes with Miras and with like a questioning look, and then as a way of silent communication, just really quickly flashes green serpent eyes, as if to say like, mm. we we know we know something like this. Uh, the kind of hypnotism that could come from a forgotten god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that also freaks Miraz out a little bit because Miraz is the kind of person who would be totally unaware that Joan can hypnotize people now. Yes. And the, and the snake himself also can. Yes, yes. yes. So he's like, uh, okay, um, I recognize that. That's weird, but I'll take it for now. I'll file it away for later. To think about what that what that's about. I have a devil's bargain for you here. Yes, please. So during the before the charity event, you channeled the power of your uh, of your gods to try and bless uh, Nabila. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that clock is called too free with my blessings, and I don't think that like I'm I'm saying I'm offering you a tick on that clock. Something here mm-hmm. is that you're being too free with your blessings. It's that you're being too free with the arcane power that you have. More broadly. Yes. Yeah. Because I think I'm going to draw on it for insight, um, protection, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I think in my head somehow, I think this is like innate. Like I don't think Miraz even understands how he can do this. Oh. Um, but he is off the line of the, of the custodians of the temple. And he is inside the temple. So he's going to draw on that power for answers. Okay, two bonus dice. Ooh. Mm. There's three dice, and you rolled a three, a two, and a three. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is probably the best outcome from a narrative yes. perspective. Yeah. Huh? I, depending on the consequence, I may be protecting Miras here. Yeah, so let's. I, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what is going on here, which I think is that what is happening here is like a, actually a very tender like family moment, right? So... In fact, as Freya and Maud are, are in this hug, and I think like Freya kind of like reaches out her hand for Johannes, and I think Johannes is not really in a place it hasn't been for some time to like we've always seen them as kind of prickly and not so trusting, and even here they're not quite able to like give in everything, but I think. Again, we see that Freya is actually a very, like, in this way, empathetic person because I think she could force them to join this hug, but instead, 
grasps the hand as if to be like, no, I, I, I see you too, right? And Miraz, I think that as you, for a moment, you look into uh, Freya's eyes, you understand a terrifying and fundamental truth, which is that Freya is genuine. Do you say inhuman? No, I said, sorry, I said genuine. Well, genuine, okay. The sense of royalty that you feel is not hypnosis. It's not some divine trick. Everything that you can never be. She's a true, you know, citizen of Uduasha, even though she's not from here. She believes that things can be better. She's not perfect, but she's, you know, like, knows her flaws, right? And basically every insecurity that you've ever had, all those insecurities that just one moment ago, she was in fact soothing with her presence, they just come back immediately and they hit you in the face uh, as she kind of just seems disappointed that you would try and suspect her of something when there is nothing to suspect here. I, I think I am in a position to protect here, if I may. Uh-huh. Uh, because, so the, the consequence here, if I understand it correctly, is like this immense psychic damage to Mirasa's self-esteem. Yes. I think there's two levels here. Uh-huh. One, there's the immense psychic damage, the other is the lost opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to resist lost opportunity. Uh-huh, and I'm going to resist, uh, I'm going to protect you from the damage to your self-esteem, because as they step forth and you realize that like oh she she fits in perfectly and like what do you have that owns up to it there will be a loud slam of a big pot uh-huh. coming down on the table uh-huh. and then uh, uh, vickers will look towards them and say oh so glad you're here you're so welcome we've prepared a traditional scov meal for you we've got meshed potatoes with meshed potatoes i'm sorry that's oh my god <laughs> that is a hate crime prince oh my god <laughs> Well, so that's a traditional Bengali meal, oh. actually. Oh, man. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, this seems like so a resist with resolve. Broken. <laughs> yes, basically, I'm breaking the spell by slamming down pots of mashed potatoes. And... Or do you want to result, re- re- uh, resist with prowess, with your cooking prowess? No, I'm resisting with resolve. <laughs> I think I'm going to check from the supernatural. I will remind you. So. <laughs> Oh, I missed my bonus die, but I rolled a six anyway. I oh, might nice. crit. Let me throw on my bonus die. So I roll resist, and I roll a, no. a six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a five, and a six, a four, and a three. So it's six, and so therefore you get away scot-free. I think it's just another testament to the fact that like what, what Miraz does have, he will always have, is the enduring love and respect of his wife. Um, mm-hmm. And... I think it's not that the insecurities aren't there, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll get to your resistance in just a sec. I just want to finish narrating this. Mm-hmm. Insecurities are still there. It's just that it doesn't take away all of the things you've accomplished. Like you've gone through your own struggles, you're on your own journey, and your wife is not going anywhere. And I think that is definitely a salve of mashed potato on your bruised heart. Okay, so is that a full resist or? Um, I don't. I mean, with this kind of thing, it's like. Yeah. It depends, right? Okay. I don't think it's it's a full I think resist. You need to resist the lost opportunity. Still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. 
But for that, I'm thinking I'm with, I mean, I won't note it down as level one harm or anything like that, but in my head, I have level one harm, need to prove my worth or something. Uh, exactly. I, I think like one of the things that I like is that and we all kind of like kind of uh, agree that the psychic damage is real and it is real, right? Like then we don't necessarily have to mm -hmm. track it mechanically. And I think Miraz, especially his insecurities are a very interesting part of him because is conscious of them, but he also has support for them. So, mm -hmm. kind of why I like kind of exploring this. And you can always tell me if you feel like I'm pushing too hard on that, and we can. No, no, that's fine. Okay, no worries. And on top of that, I do resist with insight, and I kind of like, as I'm kind of like feeling these things, I suddenly like blink, and like you know, the sound of the pot kind of breaks the spell, and then I kind of go, no, that that can't be R royal. There, there are no, what? No, there's some, there's something else. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to. She beat me now, but there's clearly some sort of big logical gap here. This person cannot be the way she is, right? These feelings don't make sense from this person, from anyone, especially some sixteen-year-old refugee kid. No, no, no. Oh. It has to be more. Absolutely. And I think he's just going to kind of like uh, stand aside and kind of like um, simmer a little bit. He looks a bit annoyed, but he's, as far as he's concerned, like this meeting isn't about him. It's just kind of facilitating it. So we'll see what happens. I think with your resistance and the way you've narrated it and the fact that you took that devil's bargain, you leaned on your God, you can definitely touch a bit of the divinity in her. I think that don't recognize it as divinity necessarily, but you know there is something there. It's it's like it's not just you're not just like deluding yourself, right? Like you are genuinely able to see that, and I think that's why, like, as you move away, there is like you have found something out. I think Freya lets go uh, of both more than jo more than Johannes and says, "Cousins, uh, I am heartened and delighted to see you here." Oh, what a joy, what a relief to know that at least some of our family has made it out of the homeland. What a place you have found yourselves in. And she's kind of like looking around, looking at the mashed potato with mashed potato, looking at like the crew, and then looks at Joan and says, and a fellow countryman, how came you to be here? She sits, not knowing what to say for a, for a moment. I am. Um... I suppose I, I, I went looking and found this place. Family connections, that sort of thing. And then feel somewhat, feel somewhat ashamed at the like, vagueness of that answer. Uh, I mean, Freya is just a genuinely understanding and kind person, right? So she kind of nods and she says, our parts lead us often are from where we think they must, but we always find ourselves where we should be. And then she kind of like stands a bit straight and says, but where are my manners? As you know, my compatriot Marion, uh, she tells me, she has told me such stories about you. Uh, I cannot wait to meet and hear more about you. And then she goes to uh, this taciturn man behind her and says, and this is Hadil Subramanian, 
he is one of the greatest lawyers in Uduwasha, perhaps in the entire entirety of Aruvia. And he has graciously agreed to accompany me as I go, go about my day uh, for the ne- just for the next few weeks or so. And then I think Haddil just kind of like says, you know, and offers nothing else. This man is like a stone wall. You cannot tell anything from him. Vickers will smile at everyone present, not understanding at all what is going on. She has just registered. This Freya seems a very charming woman. And she would say, like, it's so good to meet you all. Do sit down, do sit down. Hurry up and eat. I think the potatoes are coagulating. And then she will take her seat. Very good. Yeah, I think everybody will take their seats. Uh, and they're all very good guests. And I think Arian is, like, we'll, we'll just snipe a bit before, like, Freya tells her to shut up. And Marion will just be like, um, even real mashed potato. You, ha- you know you have to, and, like, just, like, starts poking at your recipe and, telling you about all the things that you've done wrong before Freya's like, don't be such a rude guest. To be clear, Vickers holds absolutely no grudge towards Marion. Like, we had a match, one of us got very injured, it happens, you know. It's... Yeah. Two things before we go forward. First of all, Prince, why are the mesh potatoes coagulating? What has Vickers put in them? Uh, well, you, you have your chemistry lab, and Vickers does not have the best sense of spices ever. Oh god. And you do have binding oil, so I may have you have... some recipes. I beg your what? fucking pardon? I... Look, cooking is what? hard, and I was sleepy. <laughs> so I think, like, someone tries to reach for the mashed potatoes and pulls so up a it... clump that just sticks to the spoon. Now, cooking may be hard, but I would imagine that not putting, putting glue in your food would not be that hard. Yes, well, everything is labelled in Hadrathi, okay? I don't read it that well. Fair oh enough. my god. Um, mm-hmm. I think I that... Think, uh, I know, please Mira's go on. Becomes aware this is, yes, <laughs> I think basically we will discover that this food is actually inedible. <laughs> like, as right. soon as people try to eat it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... There's that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The other thing is, um, the other thing, if Freya just showed up and said, yes, this man is a lawyer. She, he's just walking around with me for a week. Mira's normally would be like, well, I don't care. Well, kind of weird, but whatever. But now that he is interested in Freya and all her various inconsistencies and how none of this makes sense, it's like, why is a lawyer following her around for a week? Mm-hmm. And I think he is going to engage Mr. Hardil in conversation. He's going to sit next to him at dinner. Oh, excellent. Okay. Then let's... I think there's two conversations happening. The first conversation mm-hmm. is uh, all of the Scotlanders looking at... And I don't know if Joan is included in this, but suddenly the other four Scotlanders are going to look at Vickers trying to understand what the hell happened here. Um, and it's entirely possible that in the course of this, Freya will say nothing like, you know, learning from your mistakes and may indeed try to make mashed potatoes herself in your kitchen to try and teach you this. Yes, good. Um, I, I appreciate this. Jeez, uh, what a nice lady. She's just so sweet, you know. Uh, definitely, yes. like, sometimes gazes into the distance in a way that's a bit weird, you know? But not the worst thing you've ever seen, right? Uh, and, like, is engaged in incredible conversationalist. Is engaging everyone at once. 
it does conveniently uh, leave Miraz uh, alone with Hardil for a second. You'll notice, by the way, that Hardil didn't put any potato on his plate and is not. He's just sitting there. So, yeah, it's, it's your move. Mm hmm. Yeah, look him in the eye and say, All right, Mr. Hardil's Subramaniam, wasn't it? What's, what's going on here? There is nothing going on. I am merely assisting Royal Highness Freya uh, in her day-to-day -day activities. And I'm learning about the manner in which... Like what? What does that involve? Oh, she is extremely involved in the activities of the Scotlander royals. Sorry, the Scotlander refugees. Like, by the way, any error I make here is not Hardil's, it's definitely mine. Like, he's like a very yeah. smooth operator, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, very interested in the Scovlander refugees. I've been assisting her with some of the bureaucratic forms and such that tend to crop up when such matters arise. And, oh, it, it is my opinion that uh, they are being very badly treated by the of Uduasha, and I've been trying to help her with that issue. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so Miraz is very well dressed. Uh, which means Miraz knows clothing. He knows, and he's got his nice satchel. It's obviously nowhere near as... So it means that he probably even knows the maker's mark of the, I don't know, whatever Gucci equivalent yes. this man is carrying around as a briefcase. Yeah. So anyone with any sort of sartorial sense who spent time in Uduasha can like look this guy up and down and know that there's no fucking way a refugee is going to afford this man. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he's going to be like, and you do a lot of the, uh, what was that word? Uh, pro bono, yes. You do a lot of pro bono work. Um, for refugees, you must be a very kind-hearted person, aside from being apparently the best lawyer in Uduasha. Oh, I'm afraid that Her Royal Highness is fairly prone to exaggerating my talents. I am no, I'm, I'm no savant at law. No, I merely been doing this job for a very long time. He studiously avoids answering your other question. Mm -hmm. I think it's a role here yeah. to get anything out of him, is what I mean. Like, he's very good at, like, reflecting and, like, thinking very broadly and vaguely. Yeah, and I think, let's see how it goes. And But I think Miraz is going to kind of, like, uh, scratch his chin and say, and any particular reason she brought you along with her today to meet uh, uh, Bartholomew and Maud? Uh, you mean uh, Alicia Johannes Sophie? The... Who's that? Uh, I think he's taken aback for a second, as if it's like, do you really not know? And then he's like, no, that, no way, right? Like, you're just fucking with it. And he says, um, Did they have another cousin? Oh, the fact is that I am accompanying Her Royal Majesty on all of her affairs, whether be they large or small, and I've heard so much about your temple in recent times. The uh, Roofball Gazette had a little piece on your charity match weeks ago, and 
here there was some recent there was a cafe of some kind somewhere in the imperial quarter where it was a little mix-up as i understand it so i thought it it might be of some interest yes yes so here's the thing and then he kind of like uh looks at uh, looks at Hardil with uh, his fingers steepled and he says you seem to be a very good lawyer and also a very a love of a lover of charitable causes there's a lot of people who seem to be who seem to have their eye on this temple for who knows what reason it's just a bunch of moldy old bricks i mean sure there's a, there's the new electroplasmic lights outside and all that we're doing what we can but i don't get it it's just whatever but seem people seem to be really interested in persecuting us uh, and so on i don't know if i'm going to try to we're trying to deal with things in our own way um i think the the sort of like civic action to get the temple demolished and refurbished that's managed to be stopped more or less we have managed to come to some sort of settlement but i think what this temple really could use is not just a good lawyer but a gen but a lawyer who's generous with his time because of course if you were to represent us there is no way we can pay you oh this is great okay um you you're being like genuinely vulnerable here right yeah i guess you could call it that okay so not genuinely vulnerable <laughs> semi genuinely vulnerable i would let's say if miras were the kind of person to be vulnerable this would be vulnerable it's just Mira's talking. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it is. It is. It's fair. It's fair. Yes. Yeah, so he's vulnerable. I, in that case, I think that this is a role, uh, and I think you're in a. I mean, this guy's just so good. Sorry. I think you're in a desperate position, and the desperate position mm -hmm. here is that he figure out much more than you would like him to figure out. I think that you can have standard effect here, which is that he will be willing to... I think what he will be willing to do is come to some agreement with you. It may not be for his time specifically. It might be for like one of the people who works for him, but it'll still be of like very good quality and so on. He, he may just not give you like his personal attention. Like someone from his farm might be willing to do something. Okay, so here's the out-of-character situation, right? This guy is the lawyer of the Hive's biggest competitor, a crime boss. This is a mob lawyer. I have decided to hire mob a lawyer. mob lawyer and have asked him to do it for free. Yes. So this can only end wonderfully. Yes. So the reason that like, I think standard effect you cannot hire him personally is that he is a mob lawyer for the biggest crime genius entrepreneur in town. So he's not just going to do mm -hmm. it if someone asks him, even if they come to him with a very compelling case, right? That's only possible on, say, with great effect. Mm -hmm. I think you would need to push for that. Or, it's standard effect. You could get an in and you could, like, work your way up over time. Now, you may not be interested in that, but I think right now, uh, that's kind of where the fiction is. Can I set you up? Mm -hmm. I think I can take an action to set you up and give you great effect here, although it's kind of bad i also had an idea for how to get great effect but you go you go first uh-huh so the way i can set you up probably is to highlight to this man that he is uh, working for the rivals of the hive and 
I am a sister of a hive member who is now quite deep in, so maybe oh. I can use this to, to angle for him. Oh, I was wondering whether you were going to lean on Freya in some way. Nope, we're just going to go back to nope. Elizabeth. I'm Great. leaning more on Lizzie. That's excellent, fantastic, I love this. Can I uh, perform this? Is it a setup action, if so? Um, yeah, I think, like, how do you plan on revealing this to him? I mean, like, he kind of knows, right? But he doesn't necessarily, like, like, he knows the intricacies. Yes, well, obviously how I will do this is, so he knows about the events that went down on the grapefruit, but he hasn't connected us with them. Ah. So I can only really do this by incriminating us a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. But uh, the, the simple answer is Vickers will come out of the kitchen and go like, Oh dear, Miras, I'm so, so sorry. It turns out when you replenished your binding oil after that, after that incident at the grapefruit, well, I got the delivery, but I got it to the kitchen by accident. I'm afraid I've used it all up. Ow. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh my God. And now he can connect us to the incident at the grapefruit. Yes, absolutely. Like, he's just going to blink for one second and go, um, and then also then go, and, and she put it in the potato? You know, like, just like, <laughs> yes. well, well, just the, an infinitesimal, like, kind of, like, narrowing of his eyes as he goes, what? See, this is how the mix-up happened. I ordered a replacement that it got delivered to my kitchen, but I couldn't read the label. So Very good. Very good. Excellent. Like, I love that Vickers's, like, incredible education has given her ability to navigate political uh, innuendo, you know, like, she could helm the Ashcroft Empire if she wanted, but at the same time, some stuff, like, during language class, she was just either asleep or playing roofball. I mean, it's been established that she's not book smart, right? Yeah, she's absolutely. not good with numbers or letters or studying, so... Uh, absolutely. Um... I think that... So is it an action? I think it's an action. And I think you're in a controlled position here, but I think actually the risk here is that uh, Marion will say out loud and embarrass Joan in doing so by saying, put binding oil in potato? Absolutely. I think my action is consort because Makes I'm sense. just letting information slip. I'm just letting everyone have a good time. And I will not modify it in any way. I think I will just roll straight consort. Makes sense. So two. And I fail, actually. So I don't set Miraz up. I just give away this information. That... On a failure on a controlled position, you can try a different approach. Um, but I don't know what different or approach. Or try again with worse position. Or, yeah, <coughs> uh, That's fair. Let me think. Uh-huh. Okay. Hmm. Uh, no, you know what? Okay, so he has this information. That has happened. Uh -huh. Like, he knows that we're connected to the grapefruit. Uh -huh. But he doesn't necessarily know that I'm important yet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he doesn't necessarily know, that, you know, how high up in the Ashcroft family or whatever, what my connections actually are. Oh, yeah, I mean, if he finds out that you are the firstborn daughter of the guy building the airship, like, that's uh -huh. absolutely very important information. Sure. It's a risky consequence, yes. yeah. So, uh, I, yes, my, <laughs> my new approach will be command. Oh. And it sounds like as I get embarrassed by... Or as Marion points out, like you put binding oil in the potatoes. Oh no, we have no replacement food, and now Freya has to cook. Yeah. I think we'll see Vickers uh, stand up straight and be like, "You're quite right. It isn't. I'm sorry. I'm being quite a terrible host. There's just no excuse for this sort of thing." And uh, then she's going to go go outside, like clap her hands and just organize people. Right? Excellent. She's just going to grab yep. someone off the street yep. and speak with her commanding voice, used to ordering people around. You know, like go down to the kebab place, get us some actual food. Yeah, very good. And I'm going to make an impression of actual like power. Yes, absolutely. 
So risky standard for a setup action? Risky standard makes sense. I also think, by the way, that Johannes has come out with you because they've been exploring the neighborhood so that they're also giving instructions next to you. Not exactly an assist from them, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, they've been much more outgoing than the uh, system. Yep. Okay, now I get a four. four so a I generate some consequence, but I do set Miraz up. Like, basically, ah. what I think Vickers accomplishes here is that she actually drives home that we are important people. Like, it's not partly it's that Vickers is used to commanding people as a noblewoman. Partly it's also like the temple has authority. Ah, absolutely. When she orders people to just go get me food, no, I won't pay you. People do it. And that kind of drives home that Miras is more important than he seems. And I think that what also happens is that, like, you see the scene and then Johannes, some back talk from, like, one of the people and Johannes is, like, not above using your influence either. And so they're, like, who you're talking to? This is Victoria Ashcroft. And that combined with the fact that you are half in priestly robes, again, make some stuff, like, he's connecting some dots very quickly, right? Um, yeah. So what's my consequence? I think the risky consequence here is that... I have a, I have a suggestion for a consequence I can take, yeah. which I think makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to lose some stash, because I think it... Now that I think about it, it makes sense that Vickers can command people to do this without paying them, but I don't think it's in character for her. Ah. She is fundamentally kind of a nice person, so I think I will just spend some coin as my consequence. Yeah, makes sense. Um... Uh, how much do you think is fair? One or two? For risky... I feel like for risky, it should be two coins. Okay. That's like half of her stash, but, but at least we'll feed the guests properly. I think you are going, you're going overboard here. Did you say two coin? Yeah. That's a lot. That a lot. I, I think that's way too much. I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take it as a risky consequence, but I will then add that in that case, I think we are actually properly making a good impression yeah. on these people. Yeah, now, I was going to say. Just as a byproduct, what I'm doing. So I think what's happening here is... There's truly a lavish amount of food that would come in with two yes. coins. Yes, yes, absolutely. And this time, I'm not even cooking it because I don't have time. So now we're just serving these people like a royal feast. Literally. Haha, lol. All right. So, so desperate, great. great then for me, right? Mm -hmm. My sales pitch. Uh, am I getting any assists from anyone? I'll just, I'll just spend the stress and fold an assist into what I did. I've already put so much resources in it. I feel like it makes sense for me to also... It makes sense that this stresses Vickers out some, but also gives you a die. Sounds good. Uh, any those bargains? Oh, are there any those bargains here? Um... Can't think of any, but if anybody else can, I'm open to. I can give myself a dose bargain. Yes. I need to add some transporter to get him suggestible. I have another devil's bargain for you, which is just establishing something about him. Mm -hmm. So you haven't run into this man until now because he's been busy, but he is a foundation member. Oh. Hmm. I I want to suggest that as a devil's bargain. So you're like gonna have to deal with him when you go to your club and stuff from now on. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Trees are okay. Ah, that definitely, that's definitely, yeah. Yeah, five for three. It's a success. Oh yeah, a five, a four, and a three. Okay. So the first thing that I think happens here is says I'm always interested in helping those who are less fortunate. 
Your Majesty is merely one of these. And I understand that this temple is of some historic value to Udaipur. Of course, one of the great districts of our amazing town. He would not say amazing, but I'm struggling for another word. So, do you know Fawzia Anrakis? Yes, I do. Mm, she is. Is she a client? Occasionally. Or of a compatriot. Chair certain instructors and. Uh, well, architect. Are you in the Brotherhood? Very good. Is that how like members like like introduce themselves to each other? Yes. Ah, and I think this is maybe the first somewhat genuine expression that you see on his face, which is like of intrigue, and he says, um, I think we do the very complicated Masonic gang sign. Yes, I'm sure you do. Um, and he says, I had not realized, ah, but I have been traveling. Ozia has been bothering me to make an appearance. Oh. Oh, well, then there's no question about it. You have to work for us, Pro Bono. And I think he... When you say it like that, he thinks to himself, Okay. And he says, Oh, how could I refuse? But in that case, I assume I might be able to ask you a favor. Of course. That's the interpoint. Excellent. I... Ruminate. You scratch my back, and I scratch yours with uh, this, and then I kind of like extend my arm. Ah, incredible! He looks at it and he says, uh, "Well, technology is not my particular strong suit, but that certainly seems impressive." In any case, I will think on this matter. I do not think I require your help in any way right now, but uh, I'm sure something will turn up. And the only thing worse than like. Doing something for a mob lawyer is promising to do something for a mob lawyer in the future without knowing what that thing is. I mean, I'm not going to resist. He's part of the brotherhood. Yeah. If he needs something, I'm ready to... Uh, well, I was going to say lay down my line. That's not true, but... Lay down my line. That's not true, but you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he needs like a, me to like pick him up and drop him off somewhere, I can do that. Wait, I, I don't have a car. I can do that. Anyway, you know, that's the kind of thing. Yep. If he needs groceries, yes. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, so you're just taking this desperate consequence of being indebted to a mob lawyer. Fantastic. Not just any mob lawyer, Mm -hmm. by the way. This is Munna's lawyer, and Munna is going to hear about everything that happens here. It's not even a consequence. That's going to be very good. He's going to hear more about it in a second, because I think at this point, Vickers enters, wiping her hands, having handled all the food order, and she says, well, that should be that. I've got a replacement meal catching everyone up now. It ought to be enough food. Remind me, Miras, how much is one luck again? Oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, coin is the imperial currency. I'm sure that yeah. the slugs or whatnot are used locally. Yeah. And I have spent a lot of yeah. money. So. Um, I think... You know how, you know how in Akros they say a coin when they mean a lot of money? Uh, yes. Twice that, you know? Like, oh. two coin. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. You know, I really ought to catch up on my mathematics and my Hadrathi. Yeah, I think Hadril just kind of, like, like, like looks at Yudas and then says, I suppose with the kind of expenses that you have on food, that uh, 
my aid will you will have to remunerate me and then he kind of clears his throat and says um your majesty would you like to return i believe you had some issues to discuss with us and well food appears to be supported um and i think that actually in this time what freya has done that she has cooked aloo pakoras uh because I need to do something that is uh, kind of goblin inspired, and you definitely have potatoes in the pantry, but at the same time, uh, somewhat more Uduashan. So she made like fried potato batter. Um, and she's found some chutney. I don't even know if you knew, if you knew, because that there was chutney in the kitchen. She's found it, and it's very good. Nope. Um, I did not know. I mixed that up with another one of uh, Miras's alchemical oh ingredients God. long ago. All this time, I thought that was that was like uh, fire grenades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed, yes. Um, and so they all come back, and Freya like offers it to everyone, and you know it's it's offensively good. It really like it has. It reminds you of something that you had like years ago. Mm-hmm. Just the right level of spice and just the right crunch. You know that kind of. I eat a little bit. But because I don't trust this person, and because I want to be loyal to my wife, I'm going to mostly eat the the binding oil mashed potatoes. <laughs> I, to... I, I don't think that's good for you, but... I'm going to resist with prowess. Wow. Okay, yes, please do this. You would have to. That's a four and a three. Yes. Okay, I mean, uh, it, it does... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. That's okay. I also have antidote, which I will take afterwards. But fuck this yes, person. Yes, good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, John John eats a little too, and then smiles fondly. Nice. Yeah. Back when I was little in Lockport, at near New Year's Eve, there were these crazy people who would go outside the barrier to the beach to dig for crabs and we ate that along with potatoes. Best thing I had ever I was looking forward to it. This is almost as good. Have you been? Void sea crabs? Mira says with, with his mouth full of binding, bi- binding oil mesh butter. That so- doesn't sound safe. Oh well. I suppose it wasn't but there are many things that are delicious and edible and still not safe. Just for the listeners here, we're learning something interesting because Lockport is a really terrible city. It is a city that was occupied under the war and turned into an industrial hellscape. So it's interesting that Joan is from yes. there. Uh, and I think Marion is from Blackvale, which is to the north of Lockport. And I think, as you say this, like th- this is like a nostalgic moment, I think, for the two of you, because Marion says, um, oh, nothing compared to the Black Veil crabs. Just to, just to like, needle you. Um, before Freya says, I confess I have never been to Lockport. I hear that the Empire has done terrible, terrible things to it. It is certainly a different city than it used to be, according to well, my grandparents and their grandparents. We doubt it. It will be brought back to its previous glory very soon. What do you mean by that? I think now is when you see her almost possessed. A, a revolutionary. Uh, so I think she says, uh, the empire will fall. 
will crumble into dust and Scovland will retake its place. It will happen in my lifetime. It will lead us there. Arian has told me so much about you. Will you join us? Return to the cause that you gave so much for. Exactly. Your briefcase. Northern slippers, we think. Uh, I think Ardil will say. Is, is, is it? I'm. I will admit, I'm not entirely sure. It was a gift from my employer. It served me very well for the last 10 years. I confess, I'm not a connoisseur in briefcase The curious creatures, we hunt them by cutting the grass. Of course, they have no ability to make the grass grow back. They, they have no power over this. So they adapt. They quickly slip out of their skin into one that's more suited to short grass, to, to hide them. At least that's what my uncle tells me. I wonder if we shouldn't be the same. If that wouldn't be better for us than to dream of the fall of empire. What? Change your clothes? Yes, that does sound like something more productive and more uh, manageable as a thing to do than to uh, imagine the immortal emperor's reign ending. Mira says laughing. Uh, he laughs for a bit, and then I think he realizes that he's not reading the room right, and then kind of just stops. I think um, Lord will say, I do not wish to be part of a revolution. So does my sibling. We wish to find peace, and I think like, she looks at Freya, like, beseeching her. As, do not go down that path, Freya. He will destroy you. He destroyed everyone, nearly everyone I've ever loved. Freya is just kind of like the like same imperious seriousness uh, kills her as she has. So long as the Empire exists, there can be no peace. We must take our people back home, lest they forget it, lest it be overwritten by Leviathan ships. The lightning fences. Slowly you see the truth of it. And this is actually a conversation between the two of them because the reason that Freya is here is that originally you wanted the true royals to be taken away by her. And you wanted her to remove this problem from you, which she's willing to do, but she's going to do it by convincing them to do the one thing that they've been avoiding and they've been running from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Miras is like. Yes, yes. Uh, um, very well said. Um, uh, death, death to the emperor, and uh, all that. I suppose. Yes, very good. Um, so, well, what happens next, um, Freyr? Where now that uh, Bartholomew and Maud will be under your protection? Um, I suppose we're going to. Uh, yes. What? So I think he's like. Yes, yes. Um, so you're going to take them away. Um, you're going to stop 
talking this insane shit under my temple. You're going to leave, and that's going to be great. And I won't have to deal with this anymore. Bye. That kind of. That's what it's aiming yeah. at. Um. Aha. Uh-huh. So you are trying to get rid of these people. Yeah. And I'm interfering. Unfortunately. Very good. Because, as you are saying, like, yes, yes, you should go. What's your next step? You know, trying to hurry this along. I think Vickers is uh, getting her food delivered. And we, we over-ordered a little bit. Just a bit. So, so suddenly the, the table is being set with, like, every kind of dish from every restaurant in the vicinity. Uh, yes. And... Um, yeah, it, it would be rude for them to leave without finishing the food, and suddenly there's a lot of food. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, God. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that is what Victor's is busy with, and she hasn't even... She's been listening for like half an year to all this revolutionary talk, but she's just been trying to find like table space for people to put everything down. Yeah, I think, in fact, Johannes, uh, uh, they're helping you put everything together, right? Which is why they have not been... But Joan... Like, weeks ago, Maud chose not to stay with Marion because she felt action. She felt that you and her had this, uh, this desire not to go back into this, like, endless cycle of violence, constant strife. Like, how do you feel now about what, what seems might happen? Which is that Freya will, in fact, be very convincing. And I think that He's going to convince the two of them to get back into it, if nothing else happens. It's It's their choice. If they choose it. Yeah. But she is on guard that maybe this this extremely charming person doesn't leave much room for an unencumbered choice. So I think she looks. She actually looks at the at at, uh, at Johannes and at Maud, uh, and says, "Is that what is that what's going to happen? Because it looks to me like that might be a path you two are not really ready to take." Other devotees of two different gods are now like focused on uh, Maud and Johannes. Uh, which is not somewhere that anyone really wants to be. Just want them out of my house, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're stressed. And I think Maud says, there is nothing new in this world. It goes out and then it comes back in. Or at least that's what it said in that, that silly book that we found in that temple. Something about, you know, nothing ever really changes and everything's a cycle. And she will then, like, sigh and look at Freya and say, you really think we can change it? Freya will, Freya will say, yes. We will break the back of this empire, and kick them back into the holes that they crawled out of, and our homes will be proud once more. Just join me. What will change? I know people who are much older than you and I who once said those exact same words, or at least with the exact same meaning. But when I look outside, the empire is still there. So what are you doing differently? I think actually Marion is going to respond because 
I feel like this is an argument you've had several times. Arian will say, thought about what we're doing differently, Joan. It's that this time we don't have people like you who don't really believe in the This time, every single person in our movement committed. This Freya won't lead us astray. And I think this is like the betrayal that Marion has always held you personally responsible for faith. And she says, You know, sometimes I'm glad that you left, fucked off, didn't stick around to see all of the things that were going wrong. This meant that we were, we were never gonna around anyway. You, we could just never trust you, could we? No, you just left. But we're not going to leave. We're going to stay together and we're going to we'll make this happen. How could you? If you scream betrayal every time somebody asks a difficult question. It wasn't the asking. You know it wasn't the asking. I know. I left because you didn't answer. I think Freya steps in and in that case, the answer that I think you have this time, the gods are on our side. This time, temples of Scovlin no longer be empty. We have power that the emperor himself feels. He has destroyed that which he cannot control. not destroyed us yet has not destroyed my god. And uh, Zohar, I think this is the time that Miraz does actually succeed in that attune that he failed at at the beginning of the like, And someone openly says, oh, I'm connected to a god. Uh, you don't really need much more than that to kind of connect. Yeah. No, I think Miraz is kind of just uh, sitting there. I think I know how Vickers will respond because she has been overhearing this like kind of hostile conversation between Joan and Freya. Or no, Joan oh. and Marion. And uh, I think she will look at Marion. And we actually see Vickers get a bit annoyed mm -hmm. now at this hostility because she's been doing so much to set this up. And she will set down, like serve up something before Marion. She says, Well, I don't know about your gods or your revolution or all about this, these political ideologies, but I do know that this temple has stood since before the gates of death were broken. And that we offer hospitality. And that you are a guest under our house. We have looked after your people. And I think it would be nice of you to show some gratitude for that. Oof. And I, I will just point out that, you know, we have hosted these two people that these revolutionaries have been looking for. And they really ought to, you know, thank us for that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank us, take them and leave. Uh -huh. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But my angle here is to actually get these people to, you know, uh, to feel like they owe us something. I don't even think, that, I honestly don't think that this is a role because I don't think there is a chance that this doesn't work. I think like you've hit them exactly mm -hmm. where it's going to hurt. Like this is exactly the Yeah, you know, Marion could look down on Joan however much she wants. But the yeah. fact, fact here is that Joan solved this problem and Marion exactly. didn't. Right? So. And I think that like, he has no choice but to accept that. So how about 
think whatever you roll here, you will you will impress upon them. Uh -huh. you know, that they are in your. Absolutely. But I roll a six. A six. Yeah, I mean this is perfect. I think with a six, what you get is that Freya um, puts down her cutlery and looks. So you've been rude, and for that I apologize. Not just on Arian's behalf, but on my own behalf as well. I promised that I would find my family, and I took a reasonably long time. I should have done so as I heard you were here, and I'm very sorry. And like she looks at Maud and Johannes as well, and like it's them in this apology. And she says, you know, I should have come for you much sooner. Whatever the difference is that. Arian and Joan have whatever differences that Joan may have with me. Undeniable truth is that you have aided us, have aided people that I love that I could not. This we will be that forever. And when she says forever, I think Hardil just like coughs very like subtly, being like, <clears throat> not the kind of thing you want to just say uh -huh. to people, yeah. you know. And Freya mm -hmm. is still like, you know, a royal in her head. So she's not going to let someone out of behave. Yeah. And I think Vickers will smile back at her, taking this yeah. in good stride. And she will say like, ah, very good then. It's, it's true that empires may rise and fall. And I don't know very much about that. But one thing is true. And that is that you will always get hospitality in the temple of the Chakraporty. And I think she has decided this is one of our yes, principles absolutely. now. And <laughs> you know. This is what we do. I'm going to write this down because I think it's important for me to remember this, that like, not only have you decided this, but the lawyer has heard you say as one of Uh-huh. Oh. Yes. Well, our temple has stood here for longer than this empire has been around, and it will survive when the empire goes down too. And Vickers is certain of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, if at some point you need to hide someone, then the temple may be a place to do it. Mm -hmm. And then Mira says, you will always find hospitality here, and we will always help you get back on, on your feet and go on to where you need to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. Amazing. Yeah. So I think in that case, yeah, I think what will happen is that like, as the meal is finishing up, uh, Freya will say, well, we are grateful for your hospitality, and you can call on us whenever you like. It will be good to have my family come home with you. I think that probably what's going to happen now is that Ord will go with her no problem. And Johannes wants to stay because Udeput is like one of the nicer areas for the hang gliding and they don't want to be part of this. They're a bit harder to convince and Freya's not necessarily going to push, mm -hmm. especially, if, especially if they have Ord already. So I think Johannes is going to stick around. Look, if Johannes can resist this woman's like super charming hypnosis powers, I say we keep this yeah, person I mean, like, around. <laughs> that sounds like a good yeah, person to have in our house. so incredibly grumpy about everything, you know? Like, they've been through so uh -huh. much. Or is it more like... I wonder if there's an element of Freya's, like... Freya's not even trying that hard with Johannes for some reason. Uh -huh. I think that's this. also yeah. true. Maybe, yeah. maybe. It's that, like... Yeah, we're not about to kick them out after what I just Absolutely. said. So I think it's Freya's probably also making a political calculation here uh, that if Johannes stays here, that means that uh, there is still a connection, so she can come back to the. I can use Johannes as an. Like, be like, mm -hmm. oh hey, how's it going? All this stuff. Good. Okay. Excellent. I know precisely what to do with yeah. this. Mm -hmm. I also have an idea, which may contradict what you want to do, but we'll see. 
And I think the Hadil will kind of say, um, Her Majesty, the bribes that I gave to the informants in this were only for... And then, like, looks down at his watch and says, perhaps another 15 minutes, so if you would like to return to the grotto, it must be now. Because, like, she is a wanted woman. She goes around saying she's the true queen of Scotland, and it's very unsafe for her to be just walking around. And, like, mm -hmm. one reason to have a lawyer accompany you everywhere is that if you do get arrested, maybe the lawyer can do something. Good. Uh, hearing this, Vickers will hurriedly try to pack as much as she can into bags and boxes for them to bring along. Yes. Excellent. Because, you know, it would be a shame to waste yeah, all this food. Absolutely. Uh, you notice that... Um, and that's what she's going to be You notice doing. that Johannes actually puts some uh, food in a box but does not hand it over because uh, I think that they are very carefully packing their favorite desserts so they can have them later. And I think... As everybody's kind of like getting ready to stand up and leave, we see uh, Padma Priya and Padma Mukhi who uh, just like brought the guests in and then went off to their own thing. They kind of like come in again, like look at the lavish spread of food and like think Padma Priya says, um, ah, lunch, excellent. And very clearly like, yep. okay, time for all of you to leave so that the next lot can come in and eat. Vickers is obviously going to summon her roofball team just to help us finish Absolutely, all the food. Yeah. <laughs> this is... I mean, she spent two coin on this. That's like half yeah, yeah. a no, score. No. <laughs> so it's, much I, food. I think that, like, it's not even just the roofball. It's like, oh, around in the neighborhood. Like, those uncles who taught you how to make biryani. Uh -huh. Right? Like, there's all of these people who are, like... Yes. Can I have the rep I lost for bad food yes, back? Yes, you can. Yes, absolutely. For this. Yeah, that Thank makes you. sense, given how much money you spent on this. Good. And I think that, like, uh, as, as, as you're leaving, you see Hardil kind of, like, wave down an urchin and, uh, like, murmur something into her ear, like, process some and runs off, presumably to, like, tell the next person that they're seeing, like, you know, they're on the way now. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their false names and true. Saumitri, called Tree as the GM. Zoheb, called Klau as Miraz. Prince as Vickers. Emma as Joan. Adiyat, called Soap as Abbas. Blades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Jalandahar Intro Music by Kevin McLeod. Outro Music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperate attune.